Hello and welcome to another episode of Soccer Pints, your one-stop shop for all things American soccer. I'm your host, Will Clark. If you aren't familiar, Soccer Pints is an American soccer podcast where we cover everything we can about U.S. soccer, Americans in Europe, Major League Soccer, and many other exciting topics. Each episode, we will also be featuring beer from some of the best breweries across the land while we discuss these topics. So grab a pint yourself while we break down the American soccer scene. And as always, support your local brewers. If you missed last week, we kicked off the new season and looked at U.S. men's national team matches from the Nations League. We chatted about which players stood out the most and who may have missed their chance. We also took a quick glance at the early Major League Soccer season and then wrapped up with what is next for all of the U.S. fans out there. Today will be a bit of a shorter episode, and based on some curiosities from a few people after last week, I'm going to try to predict the roster for the upcoming Friendly Against Mexico on April 19th. I will also share some feedback and questions that were asked based around the parents pulling the strings in youth soccer, who might be the next U.S. men's head coach, and the new U.S. kits for 2023. As always, I'm going to start today off with our beer feature, and this one should be extremely familiar at this point as they have become great friends of the show and massive supporters as well. Once again, Palm City Brewing is back this week, and today I have one of my absolute favorite beers, which is their 8.7% double hazy IPA called Citra in Your Ear. This one is double dry hopped and doesn't leave much to the imagination in the sense that there is only one hop in this one. Citra, and a lot of it. It pops off with bright orange and tropical flavors that complement an incredibly smooth mouthfeel, dangerously smooth, and easy drinking as well. So, why are we once again featuring owner and head brewer Ryan Bowen and the PCB crew this week? For one, they're just awesome people who make some of the best beer that I've ever had, and two, they pay us the big bucks. Only kidding, because Really, this Saturday, April 8th, Palm City will be celebrating their sixth anniversary and they deserve it. To kick things off, they will be having an Easter egg hunt for the kids and will be having a double release for the adults. When I visited the brewery last year and did a live episode with Ryan to discuss all things beer and soccer, we were drinking their flagship hazy IPA called Hazify. And this Saturday, if you were in the Fort Myers, Florida area, you will get to try Hazify Plus which is a double IPA, and Hazify Max, which is their triple IPA version. I am super excited as I will once again be in attendance and I'm heading down to Florida tomorrow to celebrate in person and to try as many of their beers as possible. So, Palm City, thank you for being a friend of Soccer Pints, for making great beer, creating an incredible environment for everyone, and for letting me feature you once again this week. Cheers. So, Last week, I noted that only one MLS player made the Nations League roster, and I also stated that I expect a very heavy MLS-based roster for the upcoming Friendly against Mexico on Wednesday, April 19th. There were a few trolls who were upset that I made comments about the lack of American talent in MLS rosters, but there wasn't anyone who actually made valid points. I have found that in the U.S. soccer social media world that exists, They're either the full-on, you-need-to-play-club-ball-in-Europe-if-you-want-to-be-a-national-team player, or they're the full-on, American-loving, MLS-only supporters that are pretty clueless about a lot of things. Now, I might not agree with each side on every single topic, but what I will agree on is exactly what I said last week. This will be primarily all MLS players called into play. Anyways, for today, I want to give a roster prediction into who we could see in two weeks' time. 
With this not being a regular FIFA-approved window, clubs do not have an obligation to release their players, and the European clubs surely won't as they head towards the final few weeks of their seasons. Unless a player isn't playing much or won't see the field and could use the experience, similar to what we saw with guys like Gabriel Slonina, Paxton Aronson, or Emmanuel Sabi back in January's Camp Cupcake. So, let's jump right into this and look at which goalkeepers we might see on the squad. In January, like I said, we called in Slonina. We also called in Sean Johnson and Roman Celitano, and I believe those three will be exactly who we see again for Mexico if Slonina is granted his release by Chelsea again. If Slonina isn't able to join, then maybe we see someone like Brad Guzan get called in since he's back from injury and has the previous international experience and leadership. Wouldn't be a popular choice given his age and lack of future with the national team, but this is a glorified friendly, and a third goalkeeper really isn't needed much for the match. In the defense, it will be really interesting to see who is called in this go-round. Miles Robinson, Walker Zimmerman, and the 19-year-old Jalen Neal should all be called in at center defense. Probably Aaron Long as well. Outside on the left, I would love to see the young Caleb Wiley from Atlanta United get get in a place, as well as John Tolkien, who was with the team in January. On the right side, I'm not sure Julian Gressel did enough in January to get another call-up, but I did like Dewan Jones, so I believe Jones gets called in. I would also love to see Sam Rogers out of Norway come back too, but outside of Sonina, I am not predicting any other European-based club players on the roster. So, who gets that final right-back spot? This is Mexico. Experience matters for certain situations, and particularly here. So, I'm going to give that last defensive spot to DeAndre Yedlin. Out of the defensive group, I would go ahead and start Slonina, if he's available, or Sean Johnson, if he's not, with Wiley at left back, Miles Robinson and Jalen Neal centrally, and DeAndre Yedlin at right back. For me, Walker Zimmerman seems to have lost some form since the World Cup, and Neal is playing fantastic soccer at the moment, and he scored his first MLS goal last weekend as well. Into the midfield, we saw interim coach Anthony Hudson go with a 4-2-3-1 formation, which really seemed to open things up much more for the U.S. and their Nations League matches. So, I would look for the same approach to this one. Our center defensive midfield pool includes Kellen Acosta, Eric Williamson, and Alan Sonora, who is playing for FC Juarez in the Mexican Liga. After being called into the Nations League roster and not featuring, I would anticipate both Acosta and Sonora to take starting roles for this match. In the advanced three roles in this midfield, we have a much bigger group. And it will almost certainly include Aiden Morris from the Columbus crew who netted two goals over the weekend. It's like I mentioned not many American players are having a big enough impact in MLS and then a few go out and scored to shut me up this past weekend, which I'm 100% okay with. Morris was one of the bright spots from Camp Cupcake, and I believe he has a chance to start and make an impact in this match too, as that number 10 playmaker role in the middle of the three. In addition... I think we will see Cade Cowell take one of the wide spots, along with the on-fire Jordan Morris, who scored yet again for Seattle for his eighth goal this weekend. I also believe we'll see Alejandro Zendejas, who also plays in the Mexican Liga for Club America. He scored his first international goal for the U.S. against Granada recently, and this will be an incredible moment for him, given that he just chose the U.S. over Mexico. 
We will also most likely see Paul Areola come into the squad as he has the experience of playing against Mexico and he can help add depth to the winger position. The final spot in the midfield for me is going to a regular youth national teamer who continues to impress with Philadelphia Union, and that's Jack McGlynn. He has so much potential and talent, and this would be a great reward for him to come into camp and play a part in this match. So that's nine midfield spots, along with eight defenders and three goalkeepers for a total of 20 spots. I wouldn't think we would have more than 23 players, so the final three spots go towards our forwards. Jesus Ferreira will absolutely be there. Brandon Vasquez hasn't been in top form at the start of the MLS season, but I could see him getting a deserved call-up as well. Maybe a young player from Chicago named Brian Gutierrez, who is a regular with our youth national teams. Jeremy Ebubisi is another name I mentioned multiple times last year, and he has two goals to start this season with San Jose. There's another name I mentioned last week, Timothy Tillman, the brother of Malik Tillman, who has instantly become a player for the defending champion LAFC. He could be a name to watch for, even though when he was asked this week by media if he has heard anything or from anyone within U.S. soccer yet, he said no. So who knows? I definitely think Ferreira and Vasquez are safe bets here. But my final spot is going to someone who has been making a significant impact for the expansion side, St. Louis City, who I absolutely, absolutely put a hex on last week after talking them up and they went out and lost their first match of the season. So St. Louis City FC fans, truly sorry. But Nicholas Giacchini has been playing extremely well. He's scoring goals, he's starting matches, and he has been with the U.S. men's national team before. I would love to see him join the squad and get another shot for the future. So to take the final four spot starting spots in addition to Acosta and Sonora in the defensive midfield roles, I think you can see Zendejas, Aiden Morris, and Jordan Morris starting the attacking three midfield spots with Jesus Ferreira leading the attack at striker. There's nothing sexy about the roster. There's nothing too exciting, but I always love to see some of the younger guys come in and get minutes and exposure to the atmosphere that they will face against what should be a fairly strong Mexican squad and crowd, albeit without their European-based players too. All right. Well, the reason this episode is titled Ready or Not Today is because those guys I just mentioned have an opportunity to get minutes in a U.S. national team kit and solidify their names on the depth charts for future call-ups. They have to be ready for the moment, and it really gets no bigger than playing against your arch rival. The ones who aren't ready might never get that chance again. In addition, I'm not sure a lot of folks were ready last week for what I had to say about the influence that players have in youth soccer. And I don't want to harp on it too much again, but there were quite a few people who messaged me about it over the last week and didn't agree with me that parents shouldn't be coaching their kids from the sidelines and that they should be able to talk to their coaches before or after games if there is an issue with playing time and whatnot. Several mentioned how expensive it is for their children to play, which I understand. Some said how they have multiple children playing for certain clubs and with the amount of time they spend between practices and traveling to games or tournaments across the country, they deserve that access to coaches and directors. And again, I understand that piece a little too. But however, how does it help your child if you are the parent who constantly is complaining about their lack of playing time or the position they are playing? 
or the way the team is playing or questioning the coach why they are doing what they're doing. Even in younger kids where they're still learning fundamentals, we are so programmed to only care about the results and not look at the bigger picture of their development. But it absolutely doesn't help your child if you are that person on the sideline who is telling your kid to do one thing when their coach has told them to do something completely different. If you want to do that, sign up to coach if you think you have the answers and can help. If not, then just respect the situation as hard as that may be. One person told me that they have the right to help from the sidelines if they think a coach isn't paying attention or helping themselves. And I'm sorry, but you don't. You can help someone by telling them where to stand to take a throw in or point to the corner flag for a corner kick, but you don't have a right to try to influence the game or whatever plan the coach has told their team to do. I grew up playing on some very competitive, highly successful teams. I had certain teammates each season that just weren't good enough and they were cut or moved to the B team below us. I remember some very unhappy parents during those days, but as a kid, I also remember my coaches doing everything they could to help those teammates try to improve, try to understand our system, try to help them in every way that they could. But at the end of the day, as good of teammates and friends they have been, they just weren't good enough. So again, to those helicopter parents trying to influence things, I know you pay a lot of money for your child to play. I know you spend a lot of time and energy for your child to play. Those things are very much appreciated and understood, but Just let your child play and let the coaches coach. All right, moving on to another popular topic and one that I wasn't able to cover last week, and that's who might end up being the next head coach of the U.S. men's national team. We've spoken about it previously, but there hasn't been much movement and really there's been a lack of coverage overall in the next steps for this program. Current interim head coach Anthony Hudson will continue as caretaker until the summer, it sounds like. But in more recent weeks, we have had U.S. soccer come out and say, Greg Berhalter still a candidate. (laughs) I can't even say that with a straight face and truly believe that he's an option. So before everyone freaks out about it, it's not going to happen. Hudson's gone as far as saying he also doesn't want to take the job full time. So he won't be a permanent replacement either. So who could it be? We know Jesse Marsh is out there after being sacked by Leeds United earlier this year. We know Thierry Henry has publicly come out and stated that he would take the job because he has experience playing in MLS. He's coached in MLS, so he knows the American system, for what it's worth. I mentioned Hugo Perez last week, the current national team head coach with El Salvador. He is a former U.S. men's national team player, and he coached in the youth ranks for the U.S. programs. So he has a ton of exposure and could be a candidate to look out for as well. This is one of the most popular questions I get week after week from people about who will be the next head coach, and here are my thoughts. We don't need a fancy name. We don't need Jose Mourinho or Zinedine Zidane or Carlos Ancelotti. We don't need to shell out millions of dollars for a high-priced former star to coach us. In all seriousness, it really doesn't matter who manages this team. The most important thing is that whoever gets hired comes in with an open mind and plays to the player's strengths. Greg came in and he forced a system on the program. He alienated players because of it. He restricted the freedom and the creativity of this golden generation. And it almost cost us again. 
Everyone thinks because we made the round of 16 at the World Cup that it was a successful tenure for Greg. But at the end of the day, he still finished third in qualifying with Costa Rica. Tied. He only got the automatic spot because of a superior goal differential. So I'm glad U.S. soccer is taking their time in identifying this next head coach. But we do need to spin the wheels a bit more and get someone in there for the summer. This is a great opportunity to get some experience for a coach. And truly, the 2023 Gold Cup and Nations League matches don't mean much more than just bragging rights between the U.S. and Mexico. Sorry, Canada fans. I can't throw you into that mix yet. You have to actually win something first. All in all, I think Marsh, I think Perez, and I think a creative Latin American coach would be the right choice. Keep the egos aside. Play with passion. Be creative. Use the players that we have and get results. Easier said than done, but I'd prefer an underwhelming hire like that than an extravagant high-profile manager that has no idea what CONCACAF is like. All right, last but not least, U.S. Soccer released the new 2023 national team kits this week. Obviously, the Men's World Cup kits were pretty atrocious and not well-received. The new ones still lack any sort of true American identity as Nike continues to refrain from doing that. The new white kit has spots of blue on it that basically look like someone took a paintbrush and splattered it all over the place. It's much better than the most recent white top, so I won't complain, but it's still not something I would purchase personally. The new blue top is bolder, with some red accents on it. It's pretty plain for the most part and modest, but again, it lacks the true American identity. All in all, I won't take up any more time than this. One, I'm colorblind, so I really don't even know what I'm looking at. But two, both kits are much better than the previous ones. But U.S. soccer and Nike have got to get better and be more consistent and find a real, true identity for this U.S. soccer program. Okay, on to the final thought of the week. And there is only one as we head into a holiday weekend for a lot of us with Easter Sunday on the horizon. It's been a hell of a first year for Soccer Pines. Next Saturday, April 15th, will officially mark one year since the first episode dropped here. Overall, we've put out 45 episodes. We have drank a lot of great beer from some amazing breweries and have partnered with a lot of individuals behind the scenes to try to improve week after week. With that being said, the next episode will come out on Monday, April 17th. As next week, as I mentioned, I'll be traveling in Florida for a little R&R, aka my kids' spring break week, but I'll return with a breakdown of the U.S. roster for the Mexico Friendly which again will take place on Wednesday, April 19th in Arizona. But I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening week after week, giving feedback, asking questions, and supporting Soccer Pines. I hope year two elevates us even more. And when it does, it'll be because of your support. So again, thank you. And if you celebrate Easter, have a wonderful holiday. If you're also traveling, I wish you safe travels as well. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. I appreciate you letting me entertain you with my MLS-heavy roster predictions for our upcoming Friendly Against Mexico. As always, if there is something you would like discussed on the show, please send me a message on Instagram or Twitter or email me directly at will.clark at thesoccerpints.com. Thanks again to Palm City Brewing for letting me feature you once again today. Happy 6th anniversary to you guys. Until next time, cheers my friends.